Hey, I'm John. And I'm Becky. And this is the We Are For Good podcast. Nonprofits are faced with more challenges to accomplish their missions and the growing pressure to do more, raise more, and be more for the causes that improve our world. We're here to learn with you from some of the best in the industry, bringing the most innovative ideas, inspirational stories, all to create an impact uprising. So welcome to the good community. We're nonprofit professionals, philanthropists, world changers, and rabid fans who are striving to bring a little more goodness into the world. So let's get started. Hey, Becky. Happy Friday. Welcome. I am so proud that you're here today because this topic is not your favorite. This is not my jam. (laughs) No. (laughs) And I really equate events to buying tires for your car. Nobody (laughs) likes to do it. No, no, maybe. Some people do. Maybe they do. It is not for me, but it is a necessary evil um, that can be for good. So today we're going to break down the things that we don't like about events and we're going (laughs) to lift up all the beautiful parts about it because we're in a brave new world here and events do not look the same as they did pre-pandemic. No, they do not. So this is part of our Back to Basics series we've been running on Fridays, and we're going through just some of the core aspects of a development office that makes you high-performing. And just so we're putting some basics out there for you to think through, but also putting our own bent of what we think takes it to the next level in terms of best practices. So we're talking all things fundraising events today. And so where do you want to start? Well, I love that you talked about this is about raising money at events. There are a lot of events out there that are friend raising. They're creating awareness for certain things. We're just going to ask you to kind of put those back into the parking (laughs) lot because we're talking about how to raise money at events. And I just think that the world is entirely different now. The way that people are used to consuming information, um, the way that they're even used to going to events. We had a whole year of basically virtual events. And now everybody's asking themselves, what do we do now? What do we do now that people have enjoyed being in their pajama pants going to a gala? (laughs) And how do we capture that and really set it on fire? So I love talking about the arc of We Are For Good in this because we think you can do events in a way that is so smart, so strategic, level up your game and still be entirely human and present at those events. So yeah, yeah, let's break down the basics. I mean, and to me, that's what makes events what they are. You know, it's like one of the few things that really can be experiential in terms of a donor side of, of house. And I love that you can thread together all these great production elements and experience and emotion and tie it to a fundraiser. Like where else can you really do that? So I love that this space will allow us to talk about that. I would love to start with goals because I feel like, I'm sorry, we always go there, but if you don't have a goal for your event, you're going to be so far off course. And I feel like this is the thing that really trips up the most organizations, especially those that have events that have been around longer than Methuselah or whatever. How, what is that (laughs) even expression? (laughs) But you have to know what, what is the purpose? And you kind of talked about this a second ago, Becky, that some events exist just to be a friend raiser or to grow awareness. That's great for fundraising events. I mean, it's truly like, what is your goal? How much are you really trying to raise? Is this even a good avenue to do that? You know, I think those are very valid questions to come at, but if you get your goal, right, it's going to help keep everything else in check. I mean, you know, you're not going to get from us that you know, spending money on overhead is going to be a bad thing because honestly, we believe in spending money on production and, and on the things that are going to help create the correct kind of experience. So we're not going to throw that at you. 
but we are going to challenge you to be laser focused on creating something that's meaningful as it relates to your goal, because otherwise you're just doing it just to do it, you know? And I think that's a good place to start. I think that's a really solid point. And I would say just to layer on top of that, if you want to elevate your goals Don't just start and stop at an event goal, a fundraising goal. You have to think about it so much bigger. The event is the conduit to, in our opinion, launching all kinds of fundraising strategies. It's a time where you have so many people in the room physically or virtually, and it's like, The goal cannot stop and start on that day. There are so many goals that can be launched by using an event as a platform from a major gift perspective, from a plan giving perspective, with programs. And so it's not just about the day. So that will be the challenge for this conversation is how do you use an event to launch multi-pronged strategies for your fundraising shop? Okay. So once you get your goal right, And that's something that you really want to pull your whole team into. And I love what you're talking about, that it should fit into your overall development plan. It's not just this single day that the event's happening. What's happening before and after that is really key. You want to build a plan. And this plan is going to give you not just direction of how you are going to grow and scale up to the night of or the day of whatever the event that you're building toward, but it's going to keep you really intentional to doing the right steps along the way. Because again, if you're not thinking of it just as this one day, this is an opportunity for a ton of touch points. It's a, t- it's a time that you can cultivate people through a volunteer capacity or through maybe testing a major gift opportunity. Getting to know people at a different level through events is going to be one of the biggest parts of building a plan the right way is you're going to have all these connection points with people that you normally don't get to spend time with. And so look of it as the whole. And again, if you're only looking at the day of the event, you're missing out on all this cultivation that can happen. I think through this though lens, you know, we were involved in a really prominent gala here in the Metro that we were involved in. And over the course of time, we realized that those relationships that you get, um, that you build along the way are the things that really, um, live well beyond the event. And so doing that phase, right, planning well, involving people in that process is going to lead to so much more down the road. Um, than if you just try to hamstring something together really quickly. Yeah, I agree with that. And so if you're just looking at the basics, you're setting goals, you're building a plan. You got to build a team. And I want to compliment you, John, for talking about the team as being someone that's beyond the internal team, because we have volunteers, we have vendors, you know, we have lots of people pouring into our events and the team has got to be broadened and the net has got to be cast so wide. And don't forget that your fundraising event must fundraise. It's not about all of the sort of pre-work that you're doing to to secure sponsorships and to get matches and those kinds of things. We have people captivated in a place who are listening to our message. We have got to leverage those opportunities to fundraise. So I really think that this conversation is going to be fantastic. We're going to dive into some of the, we are for good basics. And I wonder John, where you want to start with how you think differently about events and how we can create a new arc in that thinking. Well, I think one of the core things is that, depending on how your shop is organized, events may be looked at as an annual giving tactic, or maybe that's managed by your annual giving team. Maybe you're big enough that you have an events team, or maybe it falls into a different category depending on where you're at. But our challenge, and this is kind of piggybacking off what you've already said, Beck, is that it really is this team sport. If you, if you go into it with the lens of that, this is just an annual givings event, then your results are going to be focused like that. If you come at it with a team approach of how can our major gifts team be 
intricately involved so that we can position a few major gift asks that connect to this cause or your corporate partnerships team or your foundations team looking at how do we put all the chips together in the middle of the table our events going to be stronger it's going to be more strategic and you're going to have a lot more opportunity to leverage a lot of those relationships around a moment in time which that's what i love probably most about the event is that it gives you a deadline it gives you a moment of celebration and it gets all your favorite people in the place at the same time even if it's virtually uh, for a moment to speak into them and so that's probably parlays into a little bit of our messaging of why we think that's so critical but that's one thing that i love about it Hey friends, we wanted to take a moment to thank our amazing sponsor, GiveButter. GiveButter is loved by over 30,000 nonprofits, student groups, sports teams, schools, companies, and people like you. And P.S., it's also loved by the three of us who are super fans of this incredible giving platform. GiveButter helps you collect donations like a boss. It's never been easier to add a donate button to your website, collect dues from group members, or link a payment form to just about anything. Rethink the way you run fundraising events, sell tickets to your events while also collecting additional donations from attendees and supporters, all with GiveButter's unique fundraising features built right on top. It's buttery goodness at its finest, and it's helping you do more for your mission online. Sounds like GiveButter might be a fit for your organization? Check them out at GiveButter.com. The second one that we would say is staging is critical from the silent phase to the day of the event and to activating all of those post-event cultivation plans. And so here's, here's an example. You know, I started out in annual giving at our former shop and then I moved into major gifts. And so I had to mentally move my mindset from being, oh, here are all the tactics that need to be delivered for from an annual giving perspective to how do my major gift prospects and donors fit into this. And it's really about using the event to forecast, how can I bring them in, show them a different part of our story? How can I host them? How can I make sure that I have some of my physicians coming up and talking to them or planning a seat of, oh, come over and let's get a tour. All of a sudden, the event is not just an event. It is something that leads to something that's much bigger. And we've created all these connection points between the donor. That's one example from just major gift standpoint. So, it, it, okay. I love that because it goes back to back to basics a couple of weeks ago when we talked about major gifts that we said, all of your top prospects need to have these cultivation plans. And so this event should be part of that annual cultivation plan. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So the web is weaving together. I hope the these conversations are linking weaving. together as you've listened through these. Okay. Ready for number three? Number three. Production matters. Oh boy, does it matter. It really matters. And I want to talk, I mean, Becky, you're going to go into messaging next. So I think mm-hmm. that this kind of connects really well to this, but think of your event as a chance to tell a story and you, we are going to leverage all the aspects we've already talked about that we love, or that at least I love about events. Becky is faking. She actually really does like events. I think I actually (laughs) loved it once we figured out the formula to make it meaningful. Yes, I really did. But you want to think about your event through a storytelling lens. It should have a soul. It should have a rise and a fall. It should have a journey. You know, a lot of times we would talk about the journey that we want to take people on through the evening and that's an exciting thing. I mean, think about as you're presenting your case for support to somebody, you would want to take them on a journey. You know, you want to start with some of the, you know, groundswell of why this is a great organization or why the mission is worthy and then lead into this is how it really impacts a single soul person and what does their storyline intersect with this mission and how did philanthropy ultimately 
change the trajectory for this person's life or for other people's lives. And that is a moment that people will experience and remember. And we're not trying to get people to play to their emotions. We're saying that people experience and learn through story. So why would you not use that in your tool belt when you're crafting this night experience? But if you cheap out on the production, you're going to cheap out on the potential experience. I mean, this means your production should be really tight, right? Cues matter. Timing matters. Silence on stage. I always, always terrified that someone's going to silently be walking across the stage and you're going to hear like tip, tip, tip toes walking across the stage. It's like you want to be tight in how things are pulled together because everything can create an interruption of the flow and of the mind. And you're trying to create an experience for people. So production matters. And I would just put a little plug in here that back in the day when we were running production of an event was the most stressful thing ever. And when you're trying to cultivate and say hello to all of your people, make sure that everyone's in the places they need to be, and you're trying to run the show, it is simply too much. Now, I understand that there are nonprofits out there who don't have the budget to outsource something like that. But if you do, let me just tell you, there is an end result that is a financial gain because you are able to use that small amount of time to actually move relationships forward rather than executing the event. So small little plug there for outsourcing your production team. And if I can say too, if you invest well in the production, let's say you're making either a video or a storyline and you're telling these stories at the event, keep in mind, and we can link up this episode. We talked about this idea of a syndication mindset. Mm. If you build your event with a syndication mindset, which just basically means that When you spend time or money or effort creating a really wonderful piece of content, you want to think through the lens of how can I use that in lots of different ways. So yeah, use it the night of the event or the day of the event, but what are all the other places you can use this? Can you turn it into a social media ad? Can you put it in your newsletter? Can you put it in a print piece? And just, you'll get so much more play out of the time that you've already invested. Oh, love that. That was a really good tip. Okay. Number four, I am really going to challenge you right now on messaging How many of you out there, now I'm setting up my therapist chase lounge couch, (laughs) lay down. How many out there have grabbed your last year's event script and updated the names? And that is your scripting for your production (laughs) on stage. If you have, don't worry, because I did it one year, my first year in my former organization. We need to refresh Every single year, people don't want to come to our event and hear the exact same message every time. I remember we had a conversation. This is like going back a decade ago. And John and I are looking at this event script for a gala. This would apply to, I would even think as small as like a golf tournament or a luncheon or something like that. And we're like, how do we make this different every year? How do we make this relevant? And so here's a little secret sauce of what we did that ended up being really transformational. We changed the focus of the gala every single year. We changed the focus of our golf tournament every single year. So the passion project, and I'm sure a lot of you do this, you have a different something that you're going to invest in each year. But I mean, we were working in a very large healthcare organization and it's like, okay, this year, this is the burn gala and everything about it is going to be centered around our burn center. And so our chairs are going to be our burn physicians. Our matching gift donors are going to be our largest donors to burn. We're going to talk about all the incredible things we're doing. We're going to set their dreams on fire. So for over 10 years, everyone who's coming to our gala is learning about some hyper focused part of our business that we invest in that we're proud of that serves our community transplant 
year after that, cancer, the year after that. And you see this momentum growing and people get this sort of sense of pride. Your messaging needs to be threaded in a way that's telling a different story, a compelling story. It's getting to the humanity and it's about celebrating the vision and how do we bring donors into that vision. So refresh your script. Please do it for me. You will thank me, yourself, and everyone else when you have a different level of engagement. I think, I mean, you're so right because it helps the fatigue of everybody involved when it gets to be fresh like that. And aligning it with your strategic priorities of your organization allows you to do that, to tell different pieces of your story. So I love that. Huge, huge fans of that. Okay. The, the fifth one that we would share with you is to really leverage digital. And you've heard us say already that the event is not just this one moment in time but it is truly a continuum. The event is like the centerpiece that's happening, but what are you doing before? And certainly what are you doing after? And going digital, that can be part of a social media plan. It can be part of something your online community could leverage. And certainly the way that you talk and share the stories of it before leading up and follow up afterwards. But by you know taking hold of what's digital, I think you can really get a lot more play out of something that you're putting a lot of investment in from the event standpoint. I love that. And digital is so important. We're going to hyper-focus into that a little bit further into this conversation. Number six is practice. I think that's funny that we put that in there, but it's funny to hashtag <laughs> not funny because if you are really committed to what John was talking about in terms of production, you need to have your key players run through this script. They need to do it with the music, with the pacing. They need to test out the microphone where they want to stand. We want them to be so comfortable on stage and the best way to make them feel comfortable and at ease is to run through it with them, give them some pointers. And so stage that, even if it's like two hours before, before the doors open to your event. Love it. Okay. The last one in this we are for good arc of how you approach events is don't think small. Don't play small. This is really a chance for you to raise your standard, raise your goal, raise your benefits that you're offering your guests and your production. I mean, this could be something that is not only memorable, but is a jumping off point for all of these cultivations that are happening. Cultivations as if it's a noun, (laughs) (laughs) all the cultivation that's happening in this room or this space tonight, it's worth it to dream bigger. And so part of that dream, and I'll thread this together with messaging is share your dreams from on stage. And if there is something that we've seen that is very true is that we really believe that the more you talk about your vision, the more you talk about what's next, lifting up the curtain, don't be so buttoned up that you can't talk about your dreams. Dan Pallotta challenged us early in this season with that message is there's going to be somebody in that room, whether you find out that night or you find out months later that you're planting seeds for people that want to be involved with you long-term and that vision casting that and dangling it almost is going to encourage people to stick around and invest at the next stage. So don't play small. Don't just be so hyper-focused on the event that you don't cast a vision of what's to come. I'll give an example of how that worked out for us. So we had a mental health gala one year and our lead physician was on stage talking about, you know, a dream he had for a future addiction center that was on the roadmap. And I remember that night he sort of just dangled that out there and just lobbed it into the crowd and said, you know, we're going to need the community to rise up to make this a reality. And I could think of four or five people that walked up to him who 
would have never been on our radar, that we would have never known that they had a connection connection to that part of our service line who said, I am very interested in this and let me know how I can help. Three of those people ended up on our campaign committee. So casting vision really matters, especially in large crowds. So this is great. Okay. So I want to get down into how do you value your events and your fundraising strategy? Because one of the reasons I don't typically like events as a fundraising strategy is because I don't think that most organizations have a strong strategy and they don't have a strong enough ROI. And I feel like that kind of hangs over all of us in events. It's like, you know, the old industry standard of it was like 50%. ROI was 50%, (laughs) which is insane to me that you would spend half of your fundraising goal to put on the event. And so if it leads to major gifts, that's a different solution, but we need to elevate our game. I want you guys to go and look at your sponsorship levels. I want you to look at your benefits that are tied to them. Are you valuing yourself enough? Are we giving enough meat to our donors in terms of what they're getting for their sponsorship. Because I'm telling you, if you have a five to $10,000 um, high, highest level signature sponsor for your event, it's probably too low. Yeah. And so we, we need to level up. We need to add value into what we can do. I mean, we need to pull in what we can do with our digital footprint to get messages out. I mean, this is going out in public relations alone. If you're sending out press releases, getting coverage for this, you have the potential for tens of hundreds of thousands of people to see your message. That has resonance with someone who really wants their business or their organization out there as a signature event. So level up. Your event is worthy of having a larger price tag on those sponsorships and you need to dive in and do some self-reflection on what is the value tied to that. Okay. That's so good. So this last year has taught us all that everything is moving, at least the ability to go online. And I think that footprint is going to stay on events for a really long time, if not forever. But let's talk for a minute about online events and hybrid events, because I do think this has kind of changed the game and kind of set, set a new course for this. But when you think about your online events, just one of the key things that I really want to leave here is you really need to go back to the drawing board and reimagine the event. If you're going to do a purely online event, it is not enough to just set up a camera and just stream it. You need to come at it with a completely different strategy. In the same way, I mean, it's like the visitor experience is going to be different as you posture yourself differently. If you're getting on the couch to watch Netflix, you're going to look a little bit different than if you're going to go sit in a gala room. You may have a capacity to sit for a lot longer in that setting than you would if you're not being entertained, but you really have to reimagine the online experience. Is it shorter? Is it engaging? Is there a way for feedback? All of those kind of channels that need to be opened up have to be unlocked if you're moving online. I think one of the great uh, stories that I heard on the podcast was from Dana Snyder talking about a major event that she watched play out that had an in-person and an online component to it. And she was talking about the level of chatter that was happening in the online community. And that adds an entirely new layer of information to your event. When you think about having an in-person event, you have someone on stage, they are talking, they have captured the audience's attention, everyone is paying attention. Imagine people that are streaming that 
and they're all talking about what the speaker's talking about. They're engaging. They're asking questions. This is an entirely new avenue of engagement that we need to pour into. We need to have people on the back end responding, giving links, pointing people to how they can get involved, how they could respond. I just think that there is something very interesting in having an online event or a hybrid event, and it's going to necessitate that we engage and think about it so differently. Um, and I love, I just love the idea of someone being in their like silky pajamas, like <laughs> hair up in a messy bun, like fully enraptured by the story of our mission and how they want to get involved. It's just very dreamy. It's very Becky. It's very Becky. Well, Dana dropped so many and Dana Snyder is who you just referenced, dropped so many amazing resources and tools. And so we will link all those up in the show notes, but we've had some great conversations this last year of organizations that have done this really well have figured out kind of charted a new course of how do you leverage the what's great about a hybrid event? What do you leverage that's great about an online event and really making the most of it? So we want to get those resources to you. And so check them out in the show notes for all of that. And if you want to listen to Dana's episode that dives into all things digital, all, all things digital fundraising, it's episode number 70. And we will also keep that in our show notes. Okay. So just quickly, some best practices. If you're going to step into this hybrid event space, that is where you're having a live and also having a virtual event going on simultaneously. You really want to to level up your game in terms of high quality video, any kind of video portions of your event. There's a lot that goes into making a really great video, um, but it's going to start definitely with the camera and the lighting and some of the optics and the sound. So you don't want to cheapen out with this because again, this is all you've got. If you're comparing it to an a, real in-person experience. You want that connection to come through as clearly as possible. And so investing in those tools and the team to be able to pull that off is paramount to doing that. That was a great one. So the second one is create an event specific website for a virtual event venue, or I would even say create a landing page for your event specifically. This is going to do a couple things. One, you can allow people to come in and pre-register on that site gather all of their information. They're used to coming to the site. They're used to coming, getting information. And then during the event, you have all of your information about how to get involved. Who are the people? Where are the videos? Where are the links to volunteer? And it's all in one central location and it's right there in your digital storefront. So I'm excited about it. I just think this could be a great hack. And we know that this can be really overwhelming. And so Dana Snyder has curated a list for us of innovative vendors and platforms that are doing hybrid events or online events really well. We're going to link them up in the show notes and we'll give some context about what they do. So you don't have to start from scratch. Thanks Becky. That's so nice of you to put those together for us. It's my joy to do it. (laughs) Okay. Let's round out this segment kind of with where we started is that you've got to make sure whatever kind of fundraising event, whether it's this hybrid that we were discussing or online or in person It's got to fit into your larger strategic plan because at the end of the day, it's just a tactic. And so if your strategic plan is not guiding all of this, it's not guiding your goals, you're probably wasting your time, truly. So get back centered around that. It'll get the team excited. It'll help you push through the large amounts of time and effort that it takes to execute something like this. But at the end of the day, it's going to align and it's going to lift whatever goal that you're trying to make happen. It always goes back to the goal and, it? and it's about thinking bigger. I mean, yeah. that would be the the premise that I would say has just 
led this entire discussion is we want to think bigger for so long. We have put on our spanks and our false eyelashes and put a gown on and we've played in the sandbox that is physically right in front of us. And we're telling you today that the world is so much bigger. And if you can leverage some of the digital channels, your community, the people who are pouring into not just an event, but pouring into your mission can grow and scale at an incredible level. So meet people where they are, bring your mission to them. They need to hear it. And we know that a lot of you are like, how do I pivot right now? What are other people doing? We've created an events focused playlist of past podcast episodes. So head over to the show notes, check those out and you'll get some more examples of what other people are doing in the sector. Okay. So I hope this conversation has been centering to how you want to run at these events, because I think you should run at them. They're magical in their own way, and they definitely have a place in your tool belt. Just don't build your whole house on the event. Don't. And you know, it's almost gotten me excited to go put on my stilettos and put on a gown and let's make this happen. (laughs) Remember when I was talking about showing up to this interview in a gown just to shock you? Yes. (laughs) Because we've been bribing (laughs) Becky with chips and salsa all week that we would order that if she endures this conversation. So let's put in that order. Well, we believe you can level up your game and the pandemic has given you an incredible opportunity to do a hard pivot move into these bigger abundance mindset shifts. And we really think that it's going to not only pay off in what you can fundraise, but it's going to enhance your engagement at a crazy level. You got this friends. We're rooting for you. Thanks for listening to our back to the basics conversation, diving into how you can reimagine your events today. You probably hear it in our voices, but we love connecting you with the most innovative people to help you achieve more for your mission than ever before. We'd love for you to join our good community. It's free and you can think of it as the after party to each podcast episode. It's our own social network and you can sign up today at weareforgood.com backslash hello. One more thing. If you loved what you heard today, would you mind leaving us a podcast rating and review? It means the world to us and your support helps more people find our community. Thanks friends. I'm our producer, Julie Comfort, and our theme song is Sunray by Remy Borsboom. Thanks for being here, everyone. Rabbit fans have always powered the We Are For Good podcast, but now Rabbit fans can get even more goodness and access by joining Good Friends. It's our listener support community for the We Are For Good podcast. Good Friends comes with perks, exclusive episodes with John and I, including The Good Brief, our new monthly cliff notes of the greatest takeaways and lessons learned from that month, and exclusive AMA episodes where we answer your burning questions and tap our community of experts. Join now or learn more at weareforgood.com backslash friends. We can't wait to see you inside. That's weareforgood.com slash friends.